Hey everyone, welcome back to Bad Associations Podcast. This is Chev. On today's episode, we will be chatting with Dee. Dee was one of the first people to be interviewed for the podcast. And the reason it's not coming out until now is simply because the audio was not cooperating. It took me going to the school of YouTube and asking a lot of questions online to figure out how to fix it. So I finally have it fixed for the most part and it's ready to be released. We covered the topic of what were the first things that opened Dee's eyes to being in a cult, what were the steps Dee put in place in order to leave, and the overall environment and lifestyle of being a Jehovah's Witness and an ex-Jehovah's Witness. Thanks, Dee, for being a part of the podcast, and sorry it took so long for your episode to come out. I hope you all enjoy. Tell me about the first time you started to question the Jehovah's Witness faith. Well, I think on some level, I kind of always uh, doubted um, in some ways. I was a really firm believer, um, for sure. But at the same time, there were things that always were kind of in the back of my head that was just like, huh, I don't know. I, I did have, um, I remember thinking like when I was a kid, multiple times just across my life, um, it, it seems pretty like, it's pretty convenient. Um, that I ended up being born to the, you know, the uh, one true religion as opposed to everybody else. It seems just statistically like a real, unlike, you know, that it's not that likely, but it happens. Wow, you know, how amazing. Um, but that was definitely a seed of doubt. Um, I remember getting frustrated, and this was like more when I was a teenager, I remember getting frustrated with when they would um, use the scripture, and I don't remember what scripture it is now. Um, but all scripture inspired um, that they would use that as you know, evidence that the, the the Bible was inspired of God. And I'm like, you can't define a word with the word. Uh, you can't use a verse in the Bible to prove uh, the Bible's divinity because it just says so, you know. Um, so it was like little things like that. Um, there were other things that I had questions about doctrinally that I didn't really have, that I, that I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get an answer for. Uh, I remember reading uh, when I was a teenager again in Genesis um, and how it, it explicitly says that there are two trees, you know, tree of knowledge and tree of life. And I remember asking my dad, he was an elder, uh, you know, what does this mean? What's the second tree? And, you know, of course he gave the stock answer, uh, go do research. So I did. Um, and naturally didn't find anything satisfactory. Um, and, but I also knew once I did not find anything satisfactory that it was something that needed to be uh, let go. Um, and that it was just not going to be something that uh, I had an answer to at that point. Um, and, and I I felt like I could um, recite the, like, the lines from the, the first few lines of the Wikipedia page for witnesses by, by heart when I was like a, you know, a teenager because I would go on there a lot just because Damn. I liked, you know, I was, I was, I liked history. I liked, I, I was interested in like religion abstractly. Um, and so I, and I also just kind of wanted to see what the world was, you know, what Satan's system is saying about uh, witnesses, whether or not the Wikipedia page was going to be objective um, or not. Um, and I, I always, I never looked hard at the controversy section. I remember seeing stuff about how art like Bible, I, I remember seeing stuff um, yeah, about like how the Bible wasn't uh, up to stuff, you know, that it wasn't a uh, great translation. I mean, I can understand uh, 
like you know using the, the bible for like prophecy like and i mean that's not even true either but i can understand that um, abstractly um you know okay this prophecy is here and if it comes true then fine this is, um, some evidence for divinity but to just look at a scripture that says this book is inspired that doesn't make sense yeah this book is real believe me it's like well exactly. you're a little biased because you are Source, book. Me, bro. <laughs> yeah exactly when you were saying about if you had a question that you didn't really get a good enough answer and you so you're saying that you were told or you felt like well i can't get the real answer so i have to drop it was that a feeling or was that a direction that you were told no that was just something that i was aware of because i was a very like like, like i said my dad was an elder right. um i was a very like attentive kid so a lot of the times to me sometimes when people will be given their experiences and they seem really surprised about um, the way things have gone and the way people responded or you know whatever to me it was not a surprise i saw the writing on the wall from like a very young age and so i kind of knew if i want to have any peace in my life then i'm gonna have to do things a certain way to the point where i was always known as being a really good kid really spiritual everything but then you know on the flip side i was living you know a double life according to them Yeah. but i just knew how to you know make things i knew how to compartmentalize it so that that was not uh that, that you know people were not aware of that so yeah i was always aware that you know, there's just some things that you can't push um even if you know that's going to stay in the back of your mind and so that's just what happened it stayed in the back of my mind but i chose not to push it at the time did you have anyone with you at that point that you could tell them that you had any doubts or you were just oh no way not no. at all until what age did you feel like comfortable to start digging deeper onto wikipedia or talking to other people like what age did you feel like i gotta i gotta start searching a little deeper than i was before yeah so i i really didn't um until i had already left um so i i left home um because i was i was aware that even if um Watchtower is true, or you know, even if Watchtower is like abstractly true or God exists or whatever, um, the way that they handle things is not—it's not loving. It's you know, even if this is true, it's bullshit. So I was just not going to participate in it, um, and had you know made the choice to leave um, very dramatically. Um, so, but it was not until three months later that I actually started looking up information about reorganization. You left. You had suspicion of the bullshit, but you left before you had like that. I don't know if I don't want to call it peace of mind because it's definitely not peaceful. But that moment of like, no, this is really wrong, and I am right to leave. You left even before that. Yeah, for sure. Because wow. I was just like, and, and you know, I after leaving, I was definitely like, maybe this, you know, maybe you look, like, you know, if something like not something bad happened, I'd be like, oh shit, maybe it's. You know, Jehovah. Uh, oh, you know. right. But then, <laughs> but I was also like, again, this this is not this is not true. And you know, even if it is, again, that then that's more proof that this is not where I need to be. Um, mm. So I was I was very confident in that um, even before I was fully aware that the organization itself was uh, you know bullshit. So you questioned the organization before you questioned the religious side. I questioned. I question no I would almost say it backward I question the mm. methods um of god more before I question watchtower because I was more just like you know if we're supposed to believe that you know god is a god of love then none of the shit that's in the bible makes any sense um 
So if you know he does exist, then he's not a god of light, and I'm not going to give any you know, worship to them. Yeah, it's really hard to find like the like the math ain't math, and it's like you're trying to right, figure exactly. out if if they're loving, they wouldn't do this, but if they're only supposed to happen to bad people like you know the god is only aggressive aggressive or angry and violent towards bad people okay well then why do the bad things sometimes a lot of times happen to good people like you you could just circle the drain over and over questioning it and it just at some point you just have to be like okay this just doesn't make any sense yeah exactly and it was just like yeah so even when i wasn't sure about like watchtower or you know the truth of my god it was like I can't, I can't be privy to this. Um, so, um, yeah, but it was a few months later that I actually, like, woke up, found out information about, like, the CSA stuff and the UN, um, Rutherford's letter to Hitler and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, I see. You know, I that's one rabbit hole that I haven't dug that deep into. I've heard so much about, like, that there's, like, more to it that my brain could possibly handle but i haven't gone into that yet i haven't oh yeah for sure and i mean it really just firms what you already knew but it also kind of gives it a new dimension to the sense where a lot of the stuff that um, charles Taze russell and then rutherford later were teaching or that they wrote were just not like it's it's completely different stuff than what they're teaching now so mm-hmm. if anything um you know the organization has changed so much i think that it's good to look at then um because the type of like stuff that russell was talking about is just it, it's it's completely like not compatible to anything that they teach today mm-hmm. for those to, reasons i think it's good to, to uh, keep looking yeah absolutely <laughs> i feel like reddit brings that to my mind a lot is every time because there's so many people that are still physically in um that post on that i feel like they post more on the xjw reddit page than xjw's do but um they post so much about like the meetings or like the meeting attendance or weird things that the watchtower said or weird things that have happened at you know their local convention and there's so many times i read and i'm like what like i'm confused because it's it's the storyline is changing absolutely and i'm like that's am am i like forgetting that story or is that completely different than what i was taught and as i look at it no it's completely different than what it was when i was in there 10 years ago yeah and that alone is enough to um, vindicate the fact that this is not true just because this is what they do every few years they just they slowly change stuff so you don't realize that the whole picture is different than when you started Mm mm-hmm I remember my um, when I was a teenager, um, I found out that my grandfather, who was born and raised in the cult, he used to be a smoker. And I automatically assumed that he was a smoker because he was living a double life. And they said, no, you used to be able to smoke as a Jehovah's Witness. And he once the rule changed, then he quit. But everybody used to be a smoker back then and then i was like well what else is different he's like oh yeah we used to do christmas too and i was just like mm-hmm. what <laughs> like, yeah they have like <laughs> pictures in the proclaimers book of the bethel family doing christmas together yeah what is that about mm-hmm. i mean and they used to have like breaks in the meetings for smoking <laughs> i can't picture that because it's so not not remotely what I grew up doing or what you grew up like our whole generation we were after that point so yeah but think about it i mean before you know 
before um, it became like mainstream knowledge that it was bad, everybody spoke. You know, since historically, Inside. Uh, tobacco was like a yeah. huge um, like cash crop, and so smoking was just like, mm-hmm. something people did. And then cigarettes, you know, were a, a newer, newish thing just in that format. But you know, it kind of makes sense culturally. But then, yeah, they had to of course get on the train of like, nope, not allowed to do this. Yeah, it's it's kind of right on the same thing as I've not seen photos, but I just think logically this has to have existed at one point segregation probably was in the oh yeah in the south yep that that is something that uh, we actually know is true because um first of all because there's experiences of people who were in congregations in the south um at that time but also because watchtower um like black witnesses were writing in like you know we should do something to change this and they were just like no um this is what we need to do right now and whatever Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> you are correct. I use that um, not to go into a side tangent, but I've used that example of segregation and how uh, you know it used to be illegal, and uh, how scriptures were used to argue that interracial relationships needed to remain illegal. And my parents, who are inter- an interracial couple, I used to always say to them, "I'm like, for you to be so opposed to same-sex marriage or trans rights or anything like that is mind-boggling to me because you shouldn't be here." According to the script, the same scriptures that were used back then are being used now. It's just a different victim, but right. because you know they're not the victims anymore. That was you know only 40 years ago. Um, they're no longer the victim, so the, it's not something that needs to be changed or stopped or spoken about. It is still a sin, but not that long ago they were a sin themselves. So, it's yeah, absolutely. The hypocrisy, the constant changing of the rules according to fit what is under societal pressures or what you think is cool or right now. Like, even if the, it were to change, like, let's say, hypothetically speaking, one day, it'll, I doubt it would ever happen, but if one day Jehovah's Witnesses said that same-sex marriage is no longer a sin i still wouldn't be happy about it because i would know that they're not doing it for like legitimate kind reasons or eye-opening reasons they would be doing it because well we're losing attendance and we're losing donations because people are starting to leave so we have to do this new thing to keep them around that's not that's not the the type of change i want i want legit change where you're actually doing it for the right reasons and not to mention the fact and just like a lot of the other changes that they've made they would not apologize or reverse any of the disfellowship things that they did done to people who were in that situation they would just absolutely you know there's like well you were bad people that's why it happened yeah um, and, and they would you know there would be no apology just like you know the people who took blood or the people who um, did military service or any of that there would be no apologies um no ownership awful. yeah you're absolutely right so when you left what was your your emotional or even financial, I mean, let's be honest, that gets affected a lot of times for people too. What were the biggest effects that you had, good and bad, when you left? Um, yeah, it was mostly good. It was definitely hard. Um, I left and went to live. So I, I left, I'm from Michigan, but and I live in Michigan now. Um, but originally, um, me and my boyfriend, we moved to Chicago um, right after I left and we lived there for like a year and a half. Um, and we were broke and it was, it was hard, but it was also really good. Um, no regrets at all. And so, yeah, that was, it, it, you know, emotionally, I kind of was just 
you know, I'm just going to get through it because I have been preparing um, for this for so long. And I've been kind of aware that something like this was probably going to have to happen for so long that once it did, um, I, was, I was kind of able to just, uh, you know, move through it. Um, and it's not to say it hasn't been like, difficult, but um, I have, for the most part, been able to just like, move through it. But um, the not having, you know, I mean, like family to fall back on or any of that um while in the city is definitely like difficult um and it's still difficult for sure yeah what was your i mean i know you moved but have you run into anyone that you used to know um no not really there are a few people two people in particular who have left since i left um who i was Close to you know before um, they're you know older than me, um, but um, you know I, so they live on the other side of the state now, so we don't see each other that often. But um, we still get to talk, and that's really nice. Um, but otherwise, no, not really. Um, and I, I live um, I moved back to Michigan, but I do live on the opposite side of the state now um, than I did when I was a witness. So I'm totally in like an environment still, um, and I I don't really see anybody, and I definitely I've tried to like. Um, like friend on Facebook, people who seem to be not like they're not posting a lot of wits and stuff. Um, and so far, it's not been particularly successful. Um, I found that they're just so cagey. I don't know if you remember like when um, social media became more popular and they were like super encouraging people to like make sure all of your accounts were private and everything um, because you know they're just terrified about the world. Um, and just like you know, just experiencing that now. Um, and even people who don't really seem to be active won't um, let someone who is like openly against their own religion into their lives. And I mean, like, I guess, I don't know. I just, I mean, I mean, I do understand it, but I'm also like, at what point, especially when you've left, um, are you going to stop letting your religion control you? But, you know, that's just what they got to get through themselves. Yeah. I think with anything, healing is so specific to like whatever all the things that you know that they went through and then all the things that you don't even know that they went through and so it's kind of hard um seeing people who also have been away for years um mm-hmm. trying to see if we can make connection but they still again it's just still the same thing they still mm-hmm. have that mentality where they have not they didn't need for the right reasons even though they've been away for a long time um and so they still cannot um, they can't move past that. And that's more the experience that I've had. Yikes. Is there a possibility that maybe they're trying to get reinstated? I don't know, because not all, uh, most of these people, um, not everyone has been to scholarship. A lot of people have been inactive, and that's also part of the problem. But when you see, and I've experienced this too, when you see somebody who's um, been inactive for, you know, years, um, they tend to think, okay, maybe you just faded. Um, which is, and I mean, technically, I'm not scholarship, so it's the same thing, really. Um, and so that that's more the angle. Mm. So you're reaching out thinking you have so much common ground. You you know each other prior. You both have left. Time has passed. You would could assume that you're on like the same page. Right. But, but they don't. And, 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 but, and that's the test to see whether you are, because if you are, they'll respond. If not, they won't. You know, I've only tried this a few times, but... Um, you know, it's just enlightening that the majority of the time they're not. And, and I find that very interesting too because you have, you have people who are not 
uh, directly associated, especially since um, COVID, um, mm. that you have people who are just really not um, associating themselves, and they're very clearly like they're posting about holidays, they're posting about you know mm-hmm. older people and just all that kind of stuff, um, but they still will not engage. Hmm. I wonder if they associate with you with their past, and it's a past they don't want to face. Maybe. Yeah, could be, and I mean, yeah, I. I yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe if they just got like bad information, or maybe they, I, I really feel True. like most of them just have not actually woken up. I feel like they have made the choice to live their lives without actually reckoning with what's happened. And I feel like really more people than not do that, at least historically. Um, but recently, you know, people leave on that wake up. But most of the time, it seems like most people leave for just because they want to um, and don't wake up, like you were saying, they leave just because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they want to just have a life um, of some sort. They leave because they go to college or they, yeah, they're sleeping around, but then they don't come back for however long, but then they still have this mentality. Um, and I found that that seems to be way more common um, historically and just, you know, in the past up until, you know, the past maybe 10 years where now the internet's here and people can actually do research. Right. Yeah, that's definitely why I'm guarded. I I feel like I could count one or two people that I know they're really gone. They're they're not going back. And then the rest I'm like, mm, you know, and Yep, absolutely. And then I have to have that guard. Have you run into any Jehovah's Witnesses that you don't know, but like just general Jehovah's Witnesses like out in the ministry work or anything? One time when someone just came to my boyfriend's house, um, and I, you know, just told them to go away. Um, but that was the only time, and that was, you know, back in like 2019, so a little while ago. But no, I've really not had any experiences that I kind of wanted to. Um, but I'm also just like, <laughs> you know, what's the point? Uh, so no, no. You're in such a great bubble. You're not running into people from your past, and you're not running into new JWs either. You're, you're in a protected bubble. I feel like I'm I seeing know. them all the time. <laughs> and I, you know, I kind of do. Um, and I did live um, on the other, you know, back where I grew up now. Sometimes two people could see me and see that, you know, I'm not like dead niggas the way that they always expect um, people who leave me. Um, yeah. But, you know, I also like who who wants to be like in the town that they grew up in? Not me, that's for certain. Um, right. I'm, I'm on the complete opposite coast of the country, so <laughs> couldn't be any further. Um, yep. you, you say a good point, though, of like, wanting to run into people from the past to show them like you're doing all right and i i think of that all the time i think of back to when i was still in and how they would use other people who had um dissociated disfellowshipped whatever um as like well you see what happened to them they exactly. got arrested you see what happened to her she's on her third kid da, da, da. and not that it ever worked for me obviously because i'm out but um I had the same, and still to this day, have the same mentality of, um, I refuse to be used as an example of like, well, you see what happened to Chev. She left and uh, her life has gone to hell. And so I think on one hand, it's, I shouldn't have that pressure on me. Like one could say, um, you know, I'm sure my therapist would argue that it's not healthy to, you know, hold that weight on my shoulders. However, I do think it keeps me accountable of my actions and it definitely makes me think you know two three times before i make a a choice so good or bad i think it worked out well for me that they've that that i know that inside the cult you know they're looking at people like ourselves and they're saying like well you don't want to be like d because you know so it keeps it keeps you going 
Yeah, I definitely feel um, my, my opinion on this is a bit complicated because yeah, I do feel like we shouldn't even have this burden. So I don't tend to even like, although I am aware of this and, you know, I, I want people to see that my life is doing well, I also really don't feel beholden to um, behave any sort of way because of what they think, just because I know that, you know, from experience that they're kind of going to say whatever they want to say anyway. So I might as well sure. do what I want because they're going to make a trip regardless. Um, and so, and also just like, I feel like, you know, the, you know, the, the framing of stuff is so bad sometimes because they're like, oh, well, you know, this person had like a third kid. Well, maybe she wanted three kids. Like, right. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you have no idea. You, you're always framing this as like a bad thing when mm-hmm. you only think this is a bad thing because you're witness. Once somebody leaves, right. if they have a totally different, you know, idea about life, they may not view this as a bad thing. Right. So that's more like the angle that I'm coming at. But I want people to see that, like, yeah, I'm living differently than you, but also that's not a bad thing. Oh, that's such a good point. Very well said. So my other question for you, you said that you lived a double life. How did that, like, what was your first secret mission, if you will? What was the first thing that you did that was frowned upon? Yeah, I mean, it really wasn't that serious. Um, like, now, now looking back at it, I mean, because I was a good kid for the most part. I really didn't do anything that was all that serious, but um, I was definitely, like, um, I, I was just online um, a lot. I was That that was mostly my, uh, like, the outlet. It was being on, like, social media and having accounts that, you know, I didn't know about naturally um, and, you know, making friends on there and doing that sort of thing, um, which obviously was signed upon. And I kind of, like... Um, I, I had basically my internal policy. Um, my parents were the type where they, as long as they didn't see me with my phone, it they kind of forgot it existed. Um, and so I made sure to just never let them see me with it. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people make the mistake that they're always on their fucking phone and they can never resist um, when their parents are around. So they're, they're like, oh well, you're you know, you must be doing something because you're never you're you're never not on it. And I know that's something like I actually sound like super old now. I'm saying that, but that was that was my my method. I just I had to when they were around, I had to fucking resist. Um, so they never, you know, they they assumed that I just wasn't doing anything because I was never on it according to them. Wow, I could have taken notes. I don't think I was always on it, but I was. You're right. If I maybe I could have gotten away with more, which is <laughs> such a horrible way to put it, but maybe I could have gotten away with more if I wasn't bringing such attention to the fact, well, wow, you're really into whatever you're doing on that phone. Yeah, and I had to like, I was always, you know, I, if I, I wanted to check my phone, because I was like, you know, I, I was like doing stuff all the time. I was addicted to my phone, but I was, I, I had to compartmentalize this if I wanted to keep it, you know? So I would always, you know, I'm going to the bathroom and then in the middle of the meeting to check and, you know, in the middle of the, the gathering or whatever to make sure that like I can still be on it, but I'm not going to get caught. Um, I remember one time when I was, it was like a few weeks before I was leaving, um, and, you know, I, I started to get a little more, you know, bold, but for the most part, it was whatever. Um, it was a few weeks before I was leaving, and I had already gotten my second phone that I was going to use once I left because I wasn't sure whether or not they were going to keep me on my plan. So I got a second right. phone, um, and it was... It was also an iPhone, but it was bigger. It was one of the newer models um, than my other phone. And I remember being on a Sunday after a meeting, we were all like, you know, a restaurant. Um, and I remember like pulling out my phone to look at the time and not realizing I had pulled out the wrong phone. Um, 
and I was just like, I was like, oh my god, and, and but nobody noticed because it was just you know iPhones. They just they look like I, you know it's yeah. all right, basically. Um, Unless so, you have the eye for it, you right, won't exactly. notice. And I'm sitting there, and my dad, he is like you know an iPhone, my guy. I was like, oh my god, uh, <laughs> rookie <that."> mistake, <laughs> right? But he did not notice. I was just like, holy fuck. And so but that I, was a couple weeks before you left. Yeah. What what was the thing that happened that? made you decide today is the day when the when the day finally came um that it was just the like we had we had signed it on department so it was like okay time to go um we had been <sighs> you know I, I had been planning uh you know to go that's why i had gotten the second phone that's why i was you know, preparing so it was just like a matter of uh you know the countdown at the time at that time gotcha it didn't have to be this way in the sense that we didn't have to have support um but at the same time it is nice to be able to you know you know, for the most part, no. Um, if a bad situation happens, you can get through it. Now, because you, you know, done it already. Um, and so, yeah, I do agree in that sense for sure. How do you feel losing your relationships, years long, lifelong relationships, over something as stupid as just not sharing the same beliefs? How do you feel that's affected your relationships and connections with other people? Um, I don't know if that in particular has affected my relationship as much as just um, having to rebuild new mm. relationships um, or having to uh, you know kind of learn how to do this in a way that's uh, healthy and that's not just based on what church you go to right. um, and I guess that's been more uh, kind of the journey of making friends outside of, uh, of the watchtower yeah that's a good point when you think back to like your friends that you had in the cult like some of them may have been valid like lots in common you know genuine friendships but then others are you know proximity and the cult I mean it's maybe you would have gotten along with someone better in a different congregation but you don't live there it's kind of the same thing maybe you'd get along with another person in this world better but they didn't go to the same church as you exactly which is Um, you know we're taught to believe that uh, you can't be like good friends with anybody who's not uh, a witness and obviously I didn't I didn't really internalize that in the sense that it was literally true but it was you know it manifested in your life in the sense where you didn't have friends that weren't witnesses or didn't have yeah. friends at all yeah or even more so when it comes to like the dating world so many people that I know who you know got married ended up like they went and did need their work and then they got married they married somebody who they met while like out of the country or something and that was like the way that everybody got i knew got married uh, because they you know there's nothing nothing around they went and i don't know if i heard you right like oh they went for like need greater work for like you know they went to do missionary work somewhere and then they got married oh. and they found somebody that was just from a different country um and they, they did oh. it that way so they didn't have to uh you know settle slim, slim pickings you know <laughs> Settle for this person, you're like, oh, well, just because yeah, so you're some, like, relatively yeah. my age. Yeah, <laughs> they found somebody, you know, in a different country, you know, it's all exotic, and then they can, then they could say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing you know, missionary work with my husband in, you know, Ecuador or whatever, and, and that, I, I saw that fair <laughs> amount. Oh my god, what is the average age of marriage in Jehovah's Witnesses? I wonder. Oh, I have no idea. I have Someone's, I'm sure, done this study. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's pretty interesting because the organization themselves seem to encourage people to wait and to not get married super young because they they encourage, oh, you know, get married when you're past up being youth, but, you know, that's like the puberty, but it's also, you know, teenager dumbhood. So, so you know, they want you to you know, wait until you're, you're past 18 at least. So that's, that's not encouraging people to get married super young, but at the same time, when you don't allow people to have sex or to masturbate or any of that stuff um, before marriage, um, and people, and this is the only way for people to do that, they naturally are going to rush into marriages. Um, I knew somebody, they weren't at my hall, but they were the hall next to mine. Um, you know, he let his, you know, kid, his son, get married at like 18 or 19. Um, and the CEO was like, oh, fuck no. And he um, deleted him as an elder. So there's definitely... No way. Yeah, so it's not... Um, I, I know that a lot of times people talk about, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the age thing. But it's not always the case that they're encouraging people um, to get married super young. It, it's just what happens when you're, you know, sexually repressed. Yeah. Because the alternative is you're going to get in huge trouble. So exactly. And because, you know, and this was more evident um, back in the past. And this is, you know, another reason why, you know, I I definitely think looking at some of this stuff is important. But, you know, back in the past, they were very, they were way more hardline on not getting married, like at all. Because the end is going to come in the next few years. You just need to throw yourself into the ministry. And so they've not, um, that message is not as hardline anymore. But that is really still the underlying of a lot of what they actually say because they want you to you know get throw give your use to jehovah don't don't rush into a marriage you know True. pioneer go to bethel right. um you know, don't rush into having kids that's what they're saying so they, they really don't want people to get married super young that's just what happens when you you know are repressing people sexually yeah that's a very good point like there is a there is a line that it's not that Jehovah's witnesses are told to do that it's that because of the consequences to science, I mean, just the human body yeah. doing what it's meant to do, the consequences put you in the other. It's like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. So the alternative is I better find someone I can do this with without having a consequence. Absolutely. And when you look at like Mormons or even other evangelical churches, they are way more explicit with encouraging people to get married and to start having kids, you know, immediately yeah. super young. Whereas that's not witnesses' main goal because they just really want to suck time out of people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. Yeah, it is. It's it's monopolizing their youth and also just like when I think of the health like of just the lack of sleep during your during your youth when you're growing like i don't just mean mentally and emotionally or emotionally i mean like physically like little kids the lack of sleep we all had as kids i mean i don't know what they have now i know shortly before i left they cut back by one meeting but when i was like physically growing like a little kid there were so many meetings like there so you had the sunday meeting of course and you had the tuesday night bible study then you had thursday night and then why do i feel like there was another one well family study if your family did that uh, and then the service meeting study. of course you're right i'm forgetting all the other things were like for thursday and sunday you had to study yeah. for and those then, you know the service meetings on saturday then there's actually the field service or the letter writing or whatever you're doing the, all that preparation or if you had a talk then you were also like writing that out and practicing that 
it's like there wasn't a single day of the week and then it's like oh let's also not forget you're in school monday through friday and if you're at an age where now you need to start getting into the workforce you also have a job somewhere in between that which overlaps school so it's like you're high school you have all those finals and you have a job and you have all these meetings like i if i go too long without naps now like i'm miserable (laughs) my whole week falls apart so how the hell i ever got straight a's in school couldn't tell you because i didn't (laughs) there was no well there was no sleep how did we even do that yeah no it's really crazy to to look back on um, just the the culture and how they really packed in everything that they could um for us um, and even once they pulled back on the meeting, but it was like, well, we only did this so you could do family study, um, which <laughs> no one did. <laughs> My parents did. Oh, did they? Oh. I, and most people I know were not consistent. I'm jealous. You know, there's no moment that you can't be thinking about Jehovah. I'm sorry, I forgot that part. <laughs> just, it just is exhausting. And I'm, I think, like, to compare it to before, it's just a vicious cycle it's kind of like what you were describing before it's whether you are asking questions it's a vicious vicious cycle or if you're trying to figure out the pros and the cons of things it's a vicious cycle the whole thing it just yeah absolutely goes round and round what advice would you give someone that is physically in but mentally questioning or mentally out um i think my biggest advice is to learn about the world um, even beyond like witnesses, learn about the world, learn about history, learn about um, you know your you know read about culture, read about just religion, read about other religions. Um, because when you do that, you will realize that witnesses are not unique, um, but also that and also that our, our the time in history is not unique, and that you don't need to be scared of um, you know Armageddon coming. Um, but also just that the world is not a bad place, even when we don't always have answers. Um, so yeah, my 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 biggest my, my my most important advice is to learn about the world, be curious, don't restrict yourself. Um, you know, look look at things that are uncomfortable. It's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. 